And tonight, I'm starting a new series entitled, Who Are You? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Amen? That's our series on Wednesday from here on out until I'm through. You know, there are there are a lot of there's a lot of information in the world that comes to us and tries to convince us at times of who we are. And I'm going to spend a little time, and tonight I'm going to do a little more teaching than preaching, about actually understanding who we are individually because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ versus who we might think we are because of things that people have said, generational things that have been passed down to us from other people. Um, Everybody's come from somewhere. And everybody, everybody sitting here tonight has a specific perception of themselves that is not necessarily the way God sees you. Everybody has something. Something slanted or twisted or, or, or that has been developed in you telling you that you're something that he says you're not. If you think you're a loser, he didn't tell you that. If you're afraid, he didn't put fear on you or in you. If if in your life, somewhere along the line, you've been intimidated or in fear of what other people think about you, God did not give that to you. You acquired that and attained that, but here's the thing. Whatever you perceive is reality to you. And at the end of the day, I can tell you all kinds of things. Other people can encourage you. You know, you might have a parent that tries to convince you you're not a certain way that you think you are. But the Bible says as a man thinks, as a person thinks, he's that way. She's that way. A person is the way that they think they are. Because perception is reality to the individual. Whatever you perceive is so, is so. No matter what anybody else thinks. But the difference in, in this book and the Webster's Dictionary is that this book has information that will liberate you. The Webster's has information that will give you knowledge. 
This book goes beyond knowledge to a place of revelation that will liberate your life. And I, I believe tonight, and I may even pray for you and pray for some of you tonight just at the end of this. just depends on how this goes. But man, I, I'm, my, my spirit man is just stirred over this message. So, who are you? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Seems like this year we've read this passage of Scripture a lot. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say, I am a new creation. If you've ever wondered who you are, that's who you are. You're a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So here's the thing. When you get born again, you're not rebuilt. You're brand new. You're not some in God, you're not some broken down thing that's having to be rebuilt. You're brand new. So, your perception of yourself has to change if you see yourself as an old thing that just kind of barely got saved. No. You got, if you got born again, then you became brand new. Not rebuilt, but brand new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Who are you? You are a new creation, number one. There's thousands of things that the Bible says you are and that you have to get a hold of in your life. You are a new creation. Um, In Matthew 16, Jesus ask his disciples a question that was interesting. And in verse 13 of Matthew 16, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? (laughs) Uh, The Son of Man. He answered the question that he was asking them. He said, who who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, you're the Son of God. No, 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 I just told you I'm not the Son of God, I'm the Son of Man. See, Jesus, when you already are something, you don't become that. He already are the Son of God. He became the Son of Man. But who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, well, some some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah. Some say probably that you're the Son of God. Some say that you're this or that or the other. But notice he said, "I'm, I'm the Son of Man. So for 30 years of his life before this time, for 30 years, he lived 
preparing himself to become something. And he asked these disciples of his, who do people say I am? This is who I am, but who do they say I am? And he didn't become the Son of Man till after the cross, which was at this point was probably, I don't know, a year or two later. So he already had developed in him what the purpose and the plan of God was for his life. He already saw it. He told his disciples several different times, with different accounts that we have from different people, he told his disciples several different times that I only came here for one purpose, and that was to do the will of my Father. I didn't come here to be about myself. I came here to be something that he sent me for. So he already had that built. He already had this perception inside of him, and it became reality. So when he asked a question, he wasn't looking for an answer to help convince him of it. He already gave him the answer before he even asked it, or as he was asking the question. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? The Son of Man. And he said to them, but but who do you say that I am? See, the title of our message tonight is, Who Are We? So he's asking them, Who am I? Who do you think I am? Peter jumps up and he says, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should not tell anyone that he was Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the Son of God who was becoming the Son of Man. Don't tell anybody. But he just wanted to know what people were thinking, and then he wanted to know what they thought, okay? So, 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 10, I'm just teaching you some things, just kind of laying a foundation for what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, tonight and in the next few weeks. But 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 10, says this, But by the grace of God, Paul says, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored abundantly, more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me. The grace of God which is with me. Now, The word grace, the word grace is defined, and most people would define when they hear the word grace as unmerited favor, and it is. Grace is something that you have that you don't deserve. We're going to read a few scriptures in a moment that talk about that, but grace is something that is yours that you don't deserve. But it's, but it's a little more than that. It's beyond that. 
And with grace comes an enforcement of something and the power to enforce something that you don't have the ability to to do and accomplish. So, Paul said, I am what I am only by the grace of God that I don't deserve. And, and if I am demonstrating anything and any power and ability, it's only because of a power. It's coming from a source that is not of me. So the things I'm accomplishing and I'm doing in life are a result of, of a source and a connection that's not of myself. If I had a lamp standing here with the plug and I stuck it in my mouth, would the bulb turn on? Wrong source. Hmm? But if I went up here on the stage to one of these plugs and I plugged it in there, dried off first, and I plugged it in this hole, what would happen? Light would turn on, right? It's the right source. I don't have the ability to fire up a light bulb, right? I don't have the ability to heal the sick. I don't have the ability to overcome situations in the natural realm just within myself. But when I'm connected to the source, then I can do whatever he says, right? Paul said, I am what I am because of the grace of God. Something that I don't deserve that is not of me, it's not, it, it, it's not, I'm not, it doesn't originate from me as the power source. It's something that's bigger and higher and more powerful than I am. And as I stay connected to that, I can accomplish things that in the natural I would have never accomplished. I am what I am by the grace of God. Who are we today? Who am I today? Now I want you to think of the story. I, I, I was going to go through a few verses of Scripture on this, but you can go read about him in the book of Exodus. But I want you to think about something for a moment, about Moses. There were three sections of time in Moses' life. Moses lived to be 120. Pops is pushing that. He's, 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 getting, cl- he's getting closer. Um, but he lived in three sections of 40 years each. And the first 40 years of his life, he was, he was living as a king and groomed, was being groomed to be a ruler and, and a pharaoh and, and one, you know, that lived in the palaces and, and all these different kinds of things. And, 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 and as he was being prepared... He had great confidence in his flesh, in his own abilities for the first 40 years of his life. And then the next 40 years of his life, he spent in the desert, on the backside of the desert. And during that time, we have record as you read about Moses, he lost all confidence in himself, and he lost all confidence in his destiny, and his purpose on the earth, and his plan. He lost it all. I mean, he lost it all and was ready to die. But what happened on the backside of that desert is he began, because he lost confidence in himself, he began to develop a confidence in God and an ability to hear God that he had never had before. 
But what happened with him in the last 40 years of his life, when he came to a place where he believed what God thought of him, then he changed the world and his people forever. When he came to a place where he saw what God saw of him. Who are we today? The world says we're one thing. We all have different perceptions from where we've come from, trying to tell us who we are or who we're not or what we can or can't do. Well, you know, this guy can do this, but you'll never do that. You know, so-and-so could do that, but you can't. And the Bible clearly reveals to us that as, as we, as Moses did, as Moses learned to hear God, then there was a plan for Moses' life, and you know what? He had no confidence in it. He had no confidence in himself. No, 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 let, let my brother talk to those people. Let, let, let my brother take care of it. Moses was a stutter. He stuttered. He tried to get up in front of people and and, you know, and, and then people look at him because see, that, that's not what he wanted to do. But God had a plan for him. And God had more confidence in him than he had in himself, but the more confidence that he had in God, if God told him to do something, he'd do it. And what he accomplished in the earth changed the whole world and changed the nation of Israel forever. And you know what he, you know what he became? He became the type and shadow of Jesus leading humanity out of bondage into the promised land. Amen? Wow. Who are we? Who are we today? Who are we? So I'm asking you, just, and, and you can think probably of other things, but are you a loser Are you a failure? Are you a liar? Are you hopeless? Are you fearful? Are you prideful? Are you a bird? Look at Matthew 6. Here's a question that Jesus asked. Matthew 6 and verse 26. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, as Jessica was talking about earlier, nor do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. They don't gather, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather, they don't store up for anything. And yet, have you ever seen a bird, you know, with a cane and he's He's dried up and he's, you know, dying of starvation. Never, ever, ever have you seen a bird doing that. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Here's the question. Are you not of more value than a bird? Here's another question. Are you not of more value than a bird? Do you just see yourself as a bird? Something that is insignificant, something that's, that really has no purpose, no plan, no destiny, no future. See, birds just kind of fly around and tweet all day. 
right? And don't really have any purpose or plan or anything, you know? I mean, I got a hummingbird feeder we have on our back porch, and, and, and you watch those hummingbirds, and all they do all day long is go from one feeder to the next, fighting with each other, you know, trying to command their territory for food. There's no purpose. There's no destiny. There's no future for them. Do you see, the question is, the question here from Jesus is, do you value or see yourself as more important than a bird? I say, I say that so many people don't. They're fearful, you know, they're prideful, they're, they have low self-esteem. Most people don't see themselves with purpose and destiny because they don't, they can't answer the question, who are you? See, but what I'm giving you tonight is, what I'm, what I'm telling you and giving you tonight are things that the Bible says that you are, and I am, and we all are. The Bible clearly reveals to us things that we are. We are new creations, right? You and I are a new creation. Not, a, not, not somebody or something that's been rebuilt. We're brand new. We're new. A new creation. Old things are passed away and everything is brand new today. Why? Because of the grace of God. We are what we are because of something that is greater than we are and somebody that did something for us in laying his life down for us so that we could receive something that we didn't even deserve. That's who we are. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. Ephesians 2 and 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved. Not something you deserve, something that He bought for you, paid for for you. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I, you and I are alive in him by the grace of God. You and I, who are you today? I'm somebody that is alive in God, in Christ, because of something that was done for me and accomplished for me. And, and, and understand, it's not just something that I don't deserve. Now I have a right to it. And not only do I have a right to it, but as I connect to the power source, then I can accomplish my purpose and destiny. What's the purpose of a lamp? Give light, Right? And if it's connected to the right source and you turn it on, it's fulfilling its purpose and plan. When you and I are connected, when Moses on the back side of the wilderness in the desert for 40 years got connected to the right source, he changed the whole world. The whole world. The whole world. Amen? By grace have you been saved through faith. 
Not by your works or your merits or who you are, but because of what He accomplished. Can you say amen? Amen. Romans chapter 8. Something else that you and I are. Romans 8 and verse 35. Question. Who shall separate you from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, pearl, sword, anything? Is there anything? Question. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Yet, in all of these things, we, I, who am I? I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. I heard a guy give this example one time years ago. He said in this example, he said, he said he compared this verse of Scripture to two heavyweight prize fighters. And they're fixing to go into the ring and they go and they duke it out for 15 rounds. And they come out of it and one guy is a winner. And they crown him as the conqueror, the champion. And they give him his, let's just say it's a million dollar check for winning the world championship. And he goes home and takes the million dollar check and he gives it to his wife. She's more than a conqueror. Get the picture. He did the work. You and I are on the receiving end. We are more than conquerors. I am, who am I? I am more than a conqueror. How? By the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am. If you call me a conqueror, if you call me more than a conqueror, I am what I am because I'm connected to the power source And I'm connected to the power source and not dead and wiped out because He gave me something that I didn't deserve. But now, it's not about deserving it. See? Now we're done with that. He paid the price and now it's mine like it was His. He won the fight. He won the bout. But He's handed me the check. And He said, everything that I have as, as the prize fighter, as, as the guy comes in and he hands his wife the check, they're one, and he gives, gives her the check, and now it's theirs together. Everything that Jesus accomplished, now it's ours together. Now I'm more than a conqueror over what are some of the things that they mis- mentioned. Tribulation or distress or persecution or fear or torment or I don't care what it is in life all the issues of life that try to tell us one thing I'm more than a conqueror because of him because of grace not because it's something that I deserve and you know you got to get a hold of that to find out who you are first John chapter 5 first John 5 1 John 5 and verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. How many believe that Jesus is the Christ? Raise your hand if you believe that tonight. Okay? Now he's talking to you. 
Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ of born of God and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who's begotten of him. Okay? Verse 4. For whatever or whoever is born of God. How many is born of God? Raise your hand. Come on. Stick your hand up if you're born of God tonight. So, so we're talking about, you, talking about you in verse 1. Now we're talking about you in verse 4. Whatever, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So, if I'm born again, then I am, so we're asking ourselves the question, who am I? I am, I am an overcomer. See, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. I mean, know out there tonight that there's a lot to overcome out there. A lot of situations, things that we come against. Think, think of Moses for a minute, living in the palace and living in, in all of the stuff that he lived in. And then all of a sudden, there was a season of his life where he found himself ready to die, ready to take himself out. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever felt that way? You ever thought, you know, you know what, 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 what am I even here for? What is, what, what is my purpose? What, what, I, it seems like, it seems like, you know, 20 years ago things were good. You think Moses out in the desert, on the backside of the desert, and it was like dusty and dust bowl and nothing happening. You think he thought about the days of the, of the leisure and the pleasure of the, of the palaces and living in all the wealth and all the security and everything. You think he thought about those days? I imagine. You think there were some times... We see in the scripture he was ready to take his life. If this all life is, I don't want to do this. See, but the problem was he had confidence in himself for all those years, and that confidence had to be stripped of it. And as he, as he found himself on the backside of the desert, when he began to purpose to hear God, things begin to change. And again... The rest is history. When he began to hear God and he began to deal with some things in himself that needed to be dealt with, he saw a whole new world. And you know what? Those palaces, once he left Egypt, I don't think he ever thought about the palaces ever again. Because it doesn't matter what you live in, in the natural, when you're living in the glory, in the natural, in, in the spiritual with God, and you're living in the presence of God, it really doesn't matter one way or the other. And his desire was to please God and to do what God said, and he led the people out, and the rest was history. Amen? You and I are overcomers, and the, the, the last part of that verse says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, is our faith. Our faith in the fact that he overcame. My faith in the fact and, and my trust and confidence in the fact that I'm connected to the right source. That if I'm connected to the right source and I'm going to fulfill the purpose and plan God put me here, I'm going to turn my light on and I'm going to fulfill the plan God had for my life. Who am I today? I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a new creation. Hmm? I'm somebody that has been saved by the grace of God. I'm, I have the Spirit of God on the inside of me. Listen, 
we could sit here all night and go from row to row and talk about the failures of every one of us, where we screwed up, where we didn't do this, where this thing didn't happen in our life, where this didn't manifest, or this thing didn't happen, or, or I did this, and, and, and I'm disqualified in life, yeah? That's true. Because if you think you're disqualified, then you're done. You're toast. You're through. But if you believe that because of the grace of God, because of what He accomplished for you, that He's empowered you to be that overcomer over the mistakes, over the lack, over the shortages, over the lack of understanding and all those things, if you believe that because of the grace of God, that not only is it something that you didn't deserve that now is yours, but now He's empowered you to be able to fulfill your destiny. Because it's more about that than it is anything else. Because if you have no purpose and plan, there's no reason to live. Life is really short. So we are, you are, a world overcomer if you're born of God. Philippians 4 and verse 13. I got written in there where it says, I, I got burnt. So I'm in the Bible. Or I put myself in there anyway. Verse 13, Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What does Christ represent in what we're teaching tonight? Christ represents the sacrifice for unmerited favor. Christ represents the sacrifice so that you and I could be plugged into the power source and accomplish and have the destinies fulfilled in life that we were created to fulfill power source, right? I, Burt Wimberly, can do all things. How many things? All things. You put your name in there. You can do all things through Christ who is your strength. See, he empowers you. You can do all things. So who are you tonight? I am one who is doing all things and accomplishing all things through my connection to the right source and I am fulfilling the purpose and plan I was put on this earth for. I say today, my latter years are greater than my former years. Only by the grace of God can you say that. Because without the grace of God and without your confidence in the grace and the empowerment of God, you'll look at what you haven't done thinking it disqualifies you for the future. Romans 5. I'm almost through. Romans 5 and verse 17. Romans 5 and 17. And I'm, I'm, there's, you can go back and read, uh, actually read that whole chapter. Actually, the whole Bible. In it, in it. No, but just go back and read the whole chapter to get the gist of this, but I'm just going to explain it in verse 17. For if by one man's offense, meaning Adam, death reigned through the one. In other words, in other words, separation from God reigned through Adam's sin in the garden. Okay? Much more, 
Much more, much more. Say it. Say it three times. How much more? Much more. Okay. Just, I just want you to think about it. Okay. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift, no strings attached, of righteousness or right standing with God will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Much more. So what Adam did, he did, and for 4,000 years, all of humanity paid the price for Adam's sin. But the sacrifice at Calvary, those who receive, who am I today? I am one who has received the abundance of grace And I've received the gift. If this is a gift and Dale gives it to me, here, he didn't ask for money, he didn't ask for anything, it's yours. And what was this water created to do? Quench my thirst. Right? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. Why? Because he already paid the price. The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. If we, I'm a receiver. I am a receiver. Who am I today? I'm a receiver of the abundance of what I didn't deserve in the empowerment of something that is not from me. And the gift of right standing with God even in the midst of mistakes and issues and things that I've done, things that, were, that, that I did before God even, God knew I was going to do the things that I did. Even then, He's forgiven me and I will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ if I receive it. Focus on what I've done wrong, if I focus on my mistakes, if I focus on how bad I am, if I focus on the fact I'm a failure, if I focus on the fact that I'm hopeless, if I focus on the fact of pride and the pride of men, if I in, continue to walk, walk in low self-esteem and not believe in who God says that I am, then you won't reign in life. But if you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of right standing with God, no matter what you've done, you'll reign. You'll reign. You know what that means? You know what that word reign represents? It represents a place of being on top and not underneath. Amen? In the last verse, Romans 6, next chapter, in verse 1. What should we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Impossible, one translation says. How shall We who died to sin live in it any longer. Verse 14. For sin or disobedience shall not have dominion over me. Who am I today? I am a person that has been born of God, that is an overcomer, that is more than a conqueror, that is on top and not underneath. I am a person that... Sin or disobedience has no dominion over, for I am not under the law, but I'm under grace. I've embraced the abundance of grace. I've embraced the abundance more and more. See, see, the first part of that verse says, so can we continue to disobey 
and walk in disobedience and in sin? No, no, no. No. What the revelation of grace does is it empowers us to overcome sin or disobedience or fear or, or, or pride or, or, or whatever else shall not have dominion over my life. Because I've received the abundance of grace, I know that I'm empowered, I don't have to give in to those things, I can live on top and not underneath, I, I, am, I am not something that's been rebuilt, I'm something that's brand new, that's who I am. Who are you today? The Bible is full of thousands of promises, thousands of declarations, there's over, there's over 600 I think it's 667 promises in the Bible. But there's more than that in the form of declarations of who God says that we are. I'm telling you tonight that this book is full of what God created you, who God created you to be and what God created you to accomplish and fulfill in life. Can you say amen? Amen.